He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Our order of service today is the Office of Matins, found on page 219 in the front of the hymnal. And there is one rubric that I do want to make us aware of, and that is regarding the introit, which is printed on your worship insert. If you just look at that just for a second, um, historically we've always done these whole verse by whole verse. This particular one is going to be done half verse by half verse. So I'll be singing the first measure, and you all will be singing the second measure. So as you, as you look at the notes there that are printed, my notes are the first set of notes. Your notes are in the second measure, the second set of notes. And this will make more sense when we come to it. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn number 486, If Christ Had Not Been Raised From Death. rise and we continue on page 219.
Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. Blessed be God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, come, let us worship Him. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into His presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to Him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. The deep places of the earth are in His hand. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hand formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Praise be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, come, let us worship Him. shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth from the frame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 
was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. You may be seated for the office hymn. Sunday of Easter is from Acts chapter 9. But Saul, still breathing threats and murders, murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus. 
And suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here am I, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Taurus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine, to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? Of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength, and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus, by proving that Jesus was the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from Revelations to St. John, chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth is able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more, behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. 
And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and a golden and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood you ransomed people for, for God, for, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard around the throne the, and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lord, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To whom to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. We continue at the responsory on page 221. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. 
Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your seated for the children's choir anthem.
At this time, we'd like to invite all the children to come up for a brief children's message. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? Good. Did you guys have a good week this week? Yeah, you know, I almost had a very interesting week this week. Are you guys ready to wake them up this morning? Yeah, okay. All right, you guys ready? Ready? How you doing today? Boy, am I so happy today because I got to hear that. That first lesson that the elder read this morning, you know, and boy, am I happy. Woo! Man, because I thought I was a bad kid, let me tell you. Listening to what Paul had done, wow! You know, he was he was a troublemaker if I understood it right, you know. Man, he was shaking down the Christians and throwing them in jail. And boy, he was bringing before the chief priests. And boy, I, oh, it was awesome. Man, I look at that and I go, woo! I'm not so bad, you know what I mean? I'm like a saint, you know, because, I mean, this week, you know, I got tired. How many of you guys enjoyed the snow when it got real cold this week? Huh? Wasn't that great? Yeah, because you know what I did? Oh, man, it was great. I, I, now, did you guys, did you see over at the skateboard park? You didn't look at the skateboard park? Oh, man. I found a fire hose and a fire hydrant, and I flooded that bad boy. Oh, yeah. I'm talking, we got like four or five inches of ice out there. Isn't that awesome? But you know what? I wasn't learning real good. And you know what? The water went into the street, and all these cars were sliding around and everything, you know? Boy, was that incredible. Man, I thought, whoo, I'm going to get in trouble for this one, you know? But then I read about Paul, and I thought, hey, I'm not so bad. I'm a good guy. You know what I mean? You know, I can do anything, because I'm not ever going to do what Paul did. Wow. What do you guys think, huh? You know, he's kind of right in the one sense. Paul was, you know, when he started out, before he, you know, before Jesus got a hold of him, he wasn't a very nice guy. Paul was, he was hurting people, you know, and, and he was he was helping stone people and, and arrest the Christians and everything. Yeah, and I wouldn't arrest a Christian. Well, at least not, well, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, it depends on who they are, you know what I mean? Because it's all about, well, you know, Elmo. Yeah, now, did, did he do, you know, was that not a good thing to do, to, to flood the skateboard park? No, that was a bad thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like I should have done the church parking lot? Wouldn't that have been great, huh? Wow, yeah, because see, nobody, you know, then they did, I could have done it there, you know. And then, like, when they came in the park today, they could have slid all in and parked all on the one end. Wouldn't that have been cool, huh? Wow, we would have loved to watch that one. Well, no, Elmo, that wouldn't have been really cool either, would have it? No, no, that would have been bad too, you know, and people have been slipping and sliding on the ice and everything, you know. That's really dangerous, you know, and Elmo, I, I think we want to understand here that, you know, it, it, we... You know, whether, whether we like to sometimes compare ourselves to people, and what do we say? I'm not that bad, you know? That person's worse than me. But you know what? When it comes to sin, you know, sin kind of, and we use this phrase, you guys ready? Kind of we say, you know, it makes everybody equal. You know, we're all guilty. You know, and boy, that's a tough one. But you know what else we learn? That, you know, just as Christ has redeemed Paul and gave to him a great message about Jesus Christ, he has also redeemed you. You know, when Christ died on the cross, who did he die for? Yeah, Jesus died on the cross. And who did he die for? Us. You mean like everybody? Oh, wow. 
Okay, hey, that's great news, guys. Hey, I gotta go. Okay, we'll see you later. Bye. You know, almost kind of thinking he wasn't such a bad guy because, you know, all he did was just flood the skateboard park and had some bad thoughts and stuff. But you know what? You know, all of us have fallen short. But you know what? Christ has died for everyone. He's died for you that all your sins are washed away and you have been cleansed. Let's fold our hands and let's pray. Okay? And uh, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, you have come and washed away all my sins through your death and resurrection. Guide me each day that I may serve in your kingdom. In your name. I pray. I pray. Amen. Amen. You guys may return to your seats, okay? You may touch up. Next for today's sermon, the third Sunday after Easter, is John chapter 21, verses 1 through 14, and specifically the closing verses of the pericope, 9 through 14. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Where are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is our text. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. The title for today's sermon is Children That Don't Listen and a God That Never Stops Speaking. My senior year in high school was a good year because it was a year that I was able to come home every lunch hour for lunch and got to eat mom's great cooking. And it was in the late winter, early spring that we had one of those little dustings of snows that was really wet. The car that my parents let me drive was a 1976 Oldsmobile Omega. It was a great, geeky-looking car. It said nerd all over it. One day as I was coming home, turning off of J Street in McCook onto West First, and driving up that half block there, the streets were wet and slushy, and I was going a little fast as I was turning into the driveway. And I went to make that right-hand turn, and that old car, just heavy as all get out, with absolutely no control on any type of surface, shot across the driveway and through the front lawn. 
and parked itself right underneath the picture window where my mom was sitting talking on the phone to one of her friends. What she saw was their car coming through the window and their 18-year-old son sitting in the front seat. I had to think quick. What am I going to do? So I, I backed the car out and I, and I straightened it back out and lined it up in the driveway and drove in. Mom comes out the front door. I'm running in the side door and I sit myself down at the table and I honestly pretended like nothing had happened. My mom's outside going, Tim! Tim! Timothy! Timothy, where is she? walked around the house and came in the side door and there I was sitting at the table eating my PB&J and drinking my milk and I said, yes, mother. What's up? And those words that every parent will speak. If I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. When there is snow on the ground, you got to watch how you drive. You just about came right through the front house. What do you think your father would have said? Nice parking job? I don't know. Parents will tell their kids over and over again. I honestly went out front and tried to rake the snow in the front lawn so my dad wouldn't see the tracks when he got off work. It didn't help. <laughs> Parents and children and God and His children. There is a great paradigm between those two. I wonder if God ever has a good day when he has to deal with the billions of people on the face of this earth. And let alone just his people. That is, those that confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That sin just kills us. Last week we, we heard of doubting Thomas and, and how Thomas was wrestling about seeing Jesus. I've got to touch him. I've got to see those nail marks. I've got to see that, that pierced side before I'm going to believe that he has risen from the dead. And when he sees it, he makes the confession, My Lord and my God, true man, true God, the Creator standing right there before him. And here are the disciples out fishing. And Jesus shows up on the shore and gives them some advice. Throw the nets out on the right side. And their nets just about broke. They knew who he was. It was the third time. And yet... Even on the road to Emmaus, they're still going to wrestle with who this guy is. And even as he sits in their midst, they won't see or discern until he breaks the bread. And now he stands before them, and they know who it is, and they're not going to ask him, Who are you? Because here is the Christ right there. They knew it was the Lord. 
As we hear this pericope out of John, these verses, and it's set up with Paul out of Acts. We put these two together, and it's a great narrative, and it's a wonderful Sunday in terms of the Scriptures. Because here we got Paul, who is not listening, who is a Pharisee, who is a Hebrew, who by historically speaking was part of the family and should have known exactly who Jesus Christ was and is and why He had come. And yet this man, Saul, the first name he was given, took it upon himself to get the approval from the local church to deal with these people who were part of the way, who were confessing Christ as their Savior. Even to the point that he was going to kill them. He didn't listen. He didn't hear through all those years about who Jesus was until he was on the road to Damascus. And he was confronted directly by Jesus Christ. Who are you? I am the one that you persecute. You know, in our own sinfulness, my old Adam in us, it just deafens our ears to God's Word. In sin, we question what God has given to us. Who are you, God, to tell me what I should and shouldn't do? Who are you, God, to set those boundaries and parameters? Who are you, God, that you really haven't revealed yourself to me like you did to the disciples? How do I really know that this word is truth? How do I know that these scriptures are exclusive in the message that they bring regarding Jesus Christ. Why can't there be other ways to heaven? Not all religions are evil and bad. Not all philosophies are opposed to you. Some of them even incorporate you. Why is it that you have to be alone, God? How come there can't be other ways? Why don't you recognize how our culture and our society has changed? And besides, it's all for the better, isn't it, God? You're so far removed from us, God, you don't understand how it really is down here on earth. I know what's best. We don't just question the resurrection. We question everything about God. We even question His existence. And in sin, we end up just like Saul, Paul, and we persecute the truth and we abandon it. And it kills us. And that old Adam... It's only going to want to hear what he wants to hear. And he's going to trust in himself. And not in the words of Scripture. Not in the words of Jesus Christ. Not in our baptisms or anything. It's going to lead us right down that humanistic path. 
It's not much different when we're raising children either. As parents, we know that. How many times did my parents tell me, don't do, don't do, don't do. Watch out, be careful. How many times as parents you've told your children the same thing? And you shake your head and hang it in disbelief and astonishment when they do something really dumb. And how many times does our Savior Jesus Christ hang His head in utter astonishment as He looks down upon us? And He says, what on earth were you thinking? Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Well, that one time that he hung his head was when it was on the cross. And he hung his head for you. Because in that death on the cross, he paid the price for all of your sins. In our creeds, all three of them, we confess continually, Sunday after Sunday, and even in the Te Deum that we'll sing today after the sermon, about what Christ has done and how He has washed us clean and how He has risen from the dead and who this God truly is as He manifests Himself in flesh and blood and how that flesh and blood went to the cross that no longer, no longer are we left alone. But our Father in Heaven hears the words of Jesus Christ as He pleads for you. And He says, These are My dear children. My blood has been shed for them. I have washed them clean. And it's the words right out of Revelation 5.12. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And that worthiness is before God our Father in Heaven. And that worthiness is placed upon you in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you're worthy to be given salvation and life everlasting and the Kingdom of Heaven and the forgiveness of sins. Not because of what you've done or, or who you are, but because of what Christ did. As He died on the cross and rose from the grave, He calls you and marks you. His waters of baptism are poured over you. In faith, in that great gift of faith, you know exactly who Jesus Christ is. And you hold fast and cling fast to the promises that He has given to you. And He declares you worthy. And He declares you forgiven. And He declares you saved. And He says, My dear children, I love you. I have washed you clean. It's in faith and through faith that you receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ in the sacrament of the altar. seeing it as merely just a little host or a little bit of wine. But it's in faith that Christ touches your lips and His blood is poured upon you and in you. That your faith is strengthened. 
that you are equipped and enabled, that you are sent out into a world that wants nothing to do with Jesus Christ, that says you are not worthy, that tempts you away from Jesus, and you stand firm because of what Christ has done to you, redeemed you, forgiven you, and washed you. That you can look beyond the trials and tribulations and the struggles of this world. That when this world has beaten you down and your head is hanging low, and it seems like it's complete and utter despair, that it's Christ who takes you and stands you up and says, Dear child, you are worthy. I have opened your ears. I have placed upon your heart. And I have declared you righteous and forgiven and renewed. You know your Savior, Jesus Christ. Not because you have rationalized it and come to that conclusion, but because He has called you. Your Shepherd has called you. And He has nurtured you and fed you and strengthened you. And He doesn't stop. If He's told you once, He will tell you time and time again. You are forgiven. You are washed clean. Salvation belongs to you. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us rise and we continue with the Te Deum on page 223. you the Father everlasting. To you all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To you cherubim and seraphim continually do cry. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of your glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise you. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise you. The noble army of martyrs praise you. The holy church throughout all the world does acknowledge you. The Father of an infinite majesty, your adorable, true, and only Son. Also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. You are the King of glory, O Christ. You are the everlasting Son of the Father. When you took upon yourself to deliver man, you humbled yourself to be born of a virgin. When you had overcome the sharpness of death, you opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. 
You sit at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that you will come to be our judge. We therefore pray you to help your servants whom you have redeemed with your precious blood. Make them to be numbered with your saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save your people and bless your heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify you and we worship your name forever and ever. Grant, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. Let your mercy be upon us as our trust is in you. O Lord, in you have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. You may be seated as the offerings are gathered. rise for the prayers beginning with the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy, cry 
in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and merciful Father, it is in your Son, Jesus Christ, that you have given to us salvation and life everlasting. We implore you, Lord, to be with all who are homebound, sick, and shut in, that your peace may be upon them. We pray especially for Elizabeth Welp, June Jensen, Harry Eckberg, Robert Parasette, Lillian Peters, Bonnie Davison, Bonnie Canise, and Vi Wall. Grant to each of these people your servants, your children, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty and merciful Father, you are the one who watches over all in times of sickness and in illnesses. We ask, Lord, that you be with all who are recovering from surgeries and are working with various illnesses in various, in various stages. We pray especially for my wife, Tammy Davis, and also for Doug Renzelman, who are recovering from surgeries. We pray for Gary Adler, the father of Brent Adler, who is working through various forms of chemotherapy, and ask that you be with all, giving to them strength and giving to them peace and comfort each and every day. Lord, in your mercy, our prayer. Father of all mercies, you are the one who provides care and for those who are going into surgery. We ask that you be with David Beverlin, the son of Gary and Vi. Give to him peace as he undergoes surgery this week on Wednesday. Lift him up and strengthen him. Be with his parents and giving them the comfort of knowing that he is in your hands and in your care throughout this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty Father, as we look across this country and throughout the world, we see the, the various struggles that are here and ask that you lay your hand of peace upon all people and give to them your wisdom, especially with the leaders of this country. Lift them up, guide them, and give them strength so that your decisions are upon their hearts and minds and that your wills and ways are fulfilled. We ask also that you be with all who serve in our armed forces and pray especially for Jordan Stober who is in the Air Force. Give to him wisdom and guidance and send your guardian angels to watch over and protect him that no harm come his way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You may be seated for our closing hymn.